Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 666th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who highlights entrepreneurs with strong moral standings and an understanding of regenerative practices. We're talking with Joshua Prieto about empowering regenerative businesses. Joshua is the co-founder and director of the Seeds of Dow learning platform for regenerative entrepreneurs. He has over 10 years of experience creating, building, and operating startup solutions alongside entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes. That experience has shown him that entrepreneurs have the biggest role to play in the Anthropocene as we either create the solutions for or become the root problem of our people, planet, and future. Josh now co-creates educational programs that disrupt the current way entrepreneurs learn. His holistically designed educational programs empower entrepreneurs to stop chasing silver bullet solutions and start designing solutions that use regenerative systems. Welcome to the show today, Joshua. Are you ready to rock? Yeah, let's do this. Awesome. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Yeah, so I'll just share you know a, a quick definition of Anthropocene because this is something that has more recently come up in, in my mind and I've been using it, using the word Anthropocene because I feel that it describes our current state and it really is this age where humans and our behaviors dictate the climate and the world's uh, environment. And so that, that affects so many different things. We have control and it, and it could be for good. It can be for good. I know a lot of times we don't, we don't think that we're doing good, but we can. And, and there are examples of us do, doing good. Mm-hmm. And largely we have the, the great examples of us doing bad. And, and so I have kind of come to this realization that's one of the the, tip, the people that can cause the tipping point to creating good in, in this world for our people, planet, and future are our entrepreneurs. They take on the risks. They're able to, to work on things in a way that we like to solve problems and, and bring solutions to market. So I have been an entrepreneur, you know, I, I would like to say from day one, I just kind of came out that way. Uh-huh. And uh, I still, and even to this day, was always a little 
afraid of taking on risk. And so it took me a little, a little while to actually get into my own first startups. But as I did, you know, I, I got a degree in entrepreneurship because I was actually too afraid to actually go and start. So I got involved in a lot of other people's ventures and it was, you know, employee number one or, or, or that first team. And then I, then I actually went into my, my own businesses. But I, I started off in the world of marketing because that seemed to be my skill set. And uh-huh. I started to, to, to learn, build really great branding stories. And I became a branding, a brand marketer. That was my kind of first business and startup was that my first real big business that I kind of took on my own. And then I had a partner with, and I, I moved through that process, but we got to help with the sexy businesses, I guess you could say, you know, the tech companies, high growth. We were always looking for the next unicorn to, to help and start and, and to kind of get us, get us going. But Typically, our money came from high growth businesses in, in the kind of tech industry. And that seems all fun and dandy, but I had found out about permaculture and regeneration. And though my superpower was in marketing, uh-huh. I realized for, for a really long time, that is what my passion passion was. So I, I had taken my PDC, got involved in doing that on, the, on a side hustle for some time, and then moved over into, well, was continuing to build my career in, in marketing, but realized that I wasn't doing what I was passionate about. So my superpower was different than my passion, which was regenerative change, permaculture, uh, applying permaculture principles. And so that's where I, I made this transition with Seeds of Dow. And we uh, we are officially a startup ourselves, but I made this transition from our branding agency. We're just kind of working on the, the sexy high-tech world in, in marketing to help and helping entrepreneurs there and, and then transition myself to helping regenerative entrepreneurs. And I feel that this is this is the greatest chance that we have to create change, regenerative change for our world is through our entrepreneurs. That's a little bit about me and kind of the background. I uh, would love to dive in more if you want to dive into more of, of that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here, here to talk regenerative business. Great. So just let's quickly, because uh, you touched on a little bit about Anthropocene. Can you define it? Yes. Yeah, so it is the age of so it's this this current age that we're in right now uh-huh. of human humans. It's defined by our current age right now is defined by humans' interaction with the world, impact on the world, uh-huh. creating changes in climate and environment. And so that's the the loose definition. I don't have it in front of me per se right now, but no, that's great. Uh, that's great. Awesome. That, that, that's the loose definition of it. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned the acronym PDC. Not all of our listeners know what that is. Can you tell us? What that is? So that's a permaculture design course, and it's designed to to get the basic understandings of regenerative or permaculture design, so that you can apply it in your home, your garden, your your physical space. And now, even we're learning that we need to design our lives in that way. So a lot mm. of the permaculture design courses also include lifestyle and behavior. How do we act? How do we interact with people so that we create? holistic solutions and, and design things in, in, in our life that don't just look at one specific thing, but see the, the interacting systems around it, the natural systems that are involved. Can you define permaculture for us? Ooh, that's, that's, a, that's a tough question because everybody kind of has their own definition. Of course. I define, I define permaculture as a design, a set of design tools uh-huh. that help us to create and pattern solutions that are holistically built. So this this can be anything from your life, your lifestyle, and how you pattern your life, to designing your your backyard garden, to a huge, several expansive acre acreage farm, to an urban city. Right? It's it's how we look at 
the natural systems, observe and interact the natural systems, and then actually design to create solutions to, to challenges that, that exist within our environments. So looking to nature for those solutions for the problems that all of your entrepreneurs want to create magic around. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. That's the way I view it. Nice. And when I first did my permaculture design course, it was back in 1991, I remember on the first day, or maybe it was the second day, we talked about generative, degenerative, and regenerative. And for me, I, I thinking back then, I remember that moment. It's like, whoa, there's actually something we can call the way that I think. Yes. So that, you know, that was magic for me back then. And you've now integrated this notion of regenerative practices on businesses because, you know, it's it's pretty clear that these regenerative practices in our yard, how they work. But what might it look like in a business? Actually, let me step back. We'll come back to that question. Define regenerative for me and then we'll go to that question. You know, I use regenerative and permaculture almost as synonyms, right? Got it. And uh, yeah, so I interchange those two words. If we're creating something in a uh, using permaculture design principles, we're also creating it in a regenerative design principles as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of look at it as the 2.0 word for permaculture, as permaculture is, as typically, if, if you don't know this already, has had this kind of mainstay in counterculture philosophies. And it has kind of gotten a bad rap over the years, I guess, for being so counterculture that it, it can't cross borders. Right. right? Cross yep. into. I've so regeneration is, is actually now an easier word for us to have different conversations. It's not necessarily associated with a counterculture movement. Right. Yeah. When I jumped into permaculture 30 years ago, it was the hippies. You know, the, most of the people were in my PDC were permaculture design course were, you know, hippies and, you know, from the flower child generation. And now when we do a PDC, man, we get all the way across the board, which is really cool. Yeah, it is. It is. And there's, I like using all the words, right? So, and I love the word permaculture. I love the hippies and I love those that aren't so hippie, but align with, align with these things. And I love, I love people that are going a different path and we can help to help them to maybe see or act on the things that we feel strongly about and, and therefore be able to show them that uh, this is a strong way for us to, to, to build a greater future together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, let's use all the words. Let's, let's try to include everybody. Let's meet them where they are. Absolutely. I think regeneration is definitely a, a word that helps us to, to get closer to where other people are. At yes. This and so what does that look like inside of a business and business practices? Yeah. So now I'm going to go into, and this is, I'm going to try to meet where you are and then kind of bring you to where I am as well. So we can kind of get to know each other. And when I introduce regenerative business, I'll say regenerative business where I'll say regenerative startup or regenerative entrepreneur or regenpreneur, but then I'll, I'll, I'll immediately talk to you about the permaculture flower. And if you don't mm. know what the permaculture flower is, right? it's a, it's this beautiful design. It has a spiral that's, that kind of spirals through this this flower and and at the core of this flower this diagram is principles and foundational principles of of design and nature that help us to see the interactions between the living systems that we engage with on a daily basis and so I, when i look at a regenerative business the the petals on that permaculture flower there's seven of them and they 
signify seven different and distinct but overlapping living systems. You can talk about the built environment and the Mm -hmm. living system that's the built environment. You can talk about nature stewardship and land stewardship. You can talk about culture and education. And and these are just different petals, one of the seven petals on, on this permaculture flower. And as you learn to understand each of these systems and how they work together, you more holistically see the, you can observe and interact with how things really are, mm-hmm. right? If we're just looking at one specific thing, we only see and only can create solutions that affect that one area. But that's not really, it can only create a solution for that one area. But what it really does is it creates a problem in another area. Take, for example, us creating and trying to solve the food problem through external inputs like chemicals, mm-hmm. right? Right. And and what problems that has created, but we what we were trying to solve was the, the problem of feeding people right? But we weren't looking at all the systems. We weren't looking at holistically. So what we do with regenerative business is we help teach them to first start with their, with the core, the, the eternal principles, the truths that really don't change because they're natural laws, essentially, right. right? You can't change the periodic table of elements. You can't change inherent things that exist over time and don't change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so teach those core principles. And as you teach those core principles, it helps you to get an understanding of how things are, are woven together and the, those living systems that are woven together. And if an entrepreneur has that base, they can start to build solutions and interact with those solutions that go across the board. Hopefully I'm answering the question of what uh, a regenerative business looks like or how, how we, we kind of teach the approach of regenerative Yes. Yeah. So let's jump into what might a regenerative practice inside of a business look like? Because there's there's this question I'm looking at here, and it it says, how can we identify a regenerative business? And I contend, maybe let me me just throw this out there, that there's more regenerative practices out there that we could implement rather than specifically regenerative businesses because if you if you've identified a regenerative business what does that mean and how mm-hmm. how does that compare to regenerative practices right right well i think it has to do with design right it's how we design things if we look at a regenerative business is is going to look when they start designing the business model mm-hmm. are not just going to look to solve for a specific industry with a specific widget for a specific you know problem right? They're going to observe and interact with the different systems that are at play. And that might take some time on a, a regenpreneur's journey, right? Uh, it might take getting involved. You might not even start your business idea for, for a little bit. You might even know, not know what your business idea is because you just go out and you observe and you interact with the world and you start to recognize that there's challenges that, that we're facing. And as you recognize those challenges, you observe them, you interact with them. And w- through that obser- observation and interaction, there is a moment that you can actually, you, you either come up with an idea or you you can look at that, that challenge and go through, instead of going through the linear process of let's build, let's, let's build this idea up, let's create a specific team to, to solve this problem and then build a, a specific widget that we can put to the market Mm-hmm. We start to observe the uh, the touch points that are coming into that that business, and we can apply the the, the systems that are already going 
in a way that, uh, or designed for the, those systems that are already going in a way that, that solves that problem in a holistic way, so, right? And yeah. that's, that's a hard thing to do, right? Yeah. So you're proposing then that people create regenerative businesses. And I was thinking that we were looking at existing businesses and putting regenerative practices in place. I'm sure both of those are possible, right? I would guess that this second is harder for us to, to, to do. It's like, I just had, because I, I have a podcast of my own as well. And I, I had Stefan, but he has a permaculture orchard in Canada. Mm-hmm. And he started this permaculture orchard. It's actually beyond organic is like his, his tagline, right? And one of the things is he got on the, to this permaculture orchard and it was operating. It was an organic orchard and it was operating and he worked with it for some time. And then there was a point that he realized that the design was wrong, that even though it was organic, he still had to, to do these external uh, inputs that, that weren't working together weren't using the natural systems. Right. And so what he had to do is he had to completely uplift, he, he took out the trees and he redesigned. Wow. He redesigned it in a way that was actually using the natural systems. And so this, this is a little bit of disruption in order to cause a ultimate change. So what I'm proposing and what, what we're building at Sita Dow is, is a way for entrepreneurs to disrupt our current system that is not really serving us. That's actually creating bigger problems in the long run mm-hmm. and disrupt it, design, regeneratively design our businesses so that we're, we're looking more holistically. Just like if you were a permaculture designer and you're designing a, a farm, a farmland to, to have a, a permaculture farm, you would design it in a way there'd be some earthworks, there'd be some disruption, but that disruption is once it's in place, it's supposed to run on its own, yeah. right? And because it's using the natural systems. And that's that's what I'm proposing here. And what we're helping to build is let's design, redesign and disrupt the way we do business, the way entrepreneurs learn to do business. Because typically we learn in the same way that our K-12 systems or our school systems have, have kind of taught us. And then college kind mm-hmm. of leads us into this path of really highly specific niche learning that we then don't get to see more holistically what's going on. That's what I'm essentially proposing here. Wow. So that's completely different perspective than where I thought we were going to go today, which is cool. This, this, and this is why I love doing these podcasts because I get to, and I've said this, especially recently, I've said this, that I, you know, I do these because I love learning from people. Uh-huh. This is my, yeah. you know, this is one of my classrooms. Yeah, no, I, I totally, and, and you're giving me a wonderful opportunity because I think when we get to show up as a teacher of, mm-hmm. of our thoughts, we learn a ton too. And, and then also when, when we're on the receiving end of that. So thank you for the opportunity yeah, to share this. When, you know, and, and I think, cause I've been studying permaculture for over 30 years, putting regenerative practices in business in an existing business is something that, you know, that I just think about every day. It's like, what kinds of things can I do on a day-to-day basis that would forward the message with less effort and, one of the shout outs I want to do is you you had come to me before we started recording and said, can I use this on my podcast, which this is a permaculture process when you're using the podcast and I'm using the podcast in permaculture, we call it stacking functions. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We're using one asset for multiple things. And so, and I do the same thing with Jeffrey Smith over at IRT. We, you know, we'll record something and then we'll share it. It's like, 
why not get the word out as much as we can? Yeah, definitely. I, and I don't want to to say that we can't, with the businesses that are currently running right now, make them uh, help them to, to to be more regenerative, mm-hmm. right? I just want to to make sure that as we're doing that, we we understand that the best way to to actually solve those challenges is is to design them from the beginning. Yes, as regenerative, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the possibility of uh, starting a small orchard. And in thinking about the process, you've given me ideas today on where to jump off. It's like, you know, from the very beginning, do this. And, you know, I I inherently know that, but there we go. It bubbled right up to the surface for me and Mm -hmm. it's in my face. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad. It will be a wonderful adventure as you, uh, and venture as as you start a local orchard or designed for that. That's yeah. awesome. So tell us about your podcast, Seeds of Dow. Yeah, we started this as actually market research. I, I mentioned that I am a marketer and brander yep. from uh, my career, I guess you could call it at this point. And my biggest thing was getting to know the people within the regenerative movement and the permaculture movement before I even created a product or service that was actually selling. Mm. And it was my way of observing and interacting with the permaculture movement and the invisible structures that exist within this movement, who are the people that are connecting solutions to, to the market who are, and I knew it was going to be, I knew I was going to be helping people in entrepreneurship. Those, those were kind of the, the givens entrepreneurship, marketing, getting, getting the permaculture and regenerative message out there mm-hmm. and, and helping that narrative to move forward was definitely going to be a part of what we were doing, but I didn't actually know what, what our product was going to be yet. I'm practicing what I, when I'm preaching here and I observed and interacted for about a year and that was our podcast. I just started talking to people and having interviews with them. And the more and more I, I spoke to entrepreneurs within this, this realm, I noticed that their story needed to be told at several different points, right? Mm, you know, the startup yes. with with this idea and and the challenges it takes to, to make, turn an idea into an actual physical thing that's operating and living in the world. It's it's very real. And, and that story, that narrative for a regenerative person is different uh, for a regenerative-minded business is different from from another entrepreneur that's that's trying to chase just an exit strategy or a hobby business or, you know, just a solopreneur or whatever that, that may be. It's a little different when you have a regenerative mindset to it. And so I wanted to share that story. That's what we do on the Seeds of Doubt podcast is we tell the stories of, of regenerative entrepreneurs doing their thing. Kind of love that. That's, you know, that's what I do here as well. I tell people stories because that's what engages people. And I think that really empowers the listener. Well, and me as a listener of the, of my own you know, my own broadcast, it empowers me to create more change in the world, don't you think? Oh, yeah, it, it definitely does. And I, I like to use a specific type of story. And I have learned this term from another marketer in the space. Uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. The owner of ClickFunnels, actually, which is mm. probably not the most regenerative minded business, but uh, Russell Brunson, I believe. Yes, that is, is it. Yep, you're right. Yeah, okay he calls them epiphany bridge stories, right? And right. and they're a wonderful time and place in a narrative where someone has an epiphany. And that epiphany for the listener is actually a bridge point for someone to take action or be called to action on something. And so in a hero's journey, 
if the listener is also, you know, essentially a hero going through their own journey, the the epiphany that I share within my my journey, my personal story, or the entrepreneur that we have on the podcast, their story, if they have that that moment or a similar moment, they can resonate with. It helps them to get called to action on on their journey. So if there's an entrepreneur, that's a, that's why we we tell epiphany bridge stories because it helps them to to take action and to move forward on on something. And in my in our case with the story, we we want to see more regenerative businesses form. Mm-hmm. We want to see regenpreneurs taking on the risk of regenerating our people, planet, and future. And that's that's why we tell these stories. Yeah. Well, and when you think about it, click funnels helps create businesses that are profitable. And they, I, they do. Yeah. And I know a lot of times in our culture and in the sphere of where you and I may be hanging out, this notion of profit isn't always a positive conversation. It's like, yeah, right. But when you stop to think about it, if you are running a business and aren't making a profit, your business is not regenerative. No, it is not. Right. And we talked about this when we had you on our our podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Greg, it was, it was a really fun moment to kind of talk about this because it doesn't get talking about, it's almost like we ignore this in our culture of regeneration and permaculture, Mm -hmm. right? We think everything's going to work out or, or, and we don't need to pay attention to profit because the main focus is to, to serve, right? And which it is, it is, but if we're not serving, if we, if we're not able to generate the income that, that moves us forward in our current economic situation. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, and I point this out to people in nature, what does profit look like? It's your, it's the fruit. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's my fruit tree, my apple tree out my back door that has 200 pounds of apples on it Uh every year. Do we make, do we make that apple tree wrong because it's making a profit? (laughs) No, not at all. Right. It's a natural part of the process and it's a a natural economic economic and it's a part of the permaculture flower i think a lot of people don't they they like skip over that and it and it's interconnected when you see a living system on the permaculture flower there is uh finances and economics exactly it's it's on there and and a lot of times we're just ignoring that in the uh, permaculture realm i would say yeah Regeneration, I, I think, doesn't as much because it's bringing in a, another crowd or opening up the edge of another crowd, yeah, right? Right. So I do see that a little bit more in, in the regenerative scheme of things. Nice. So tell us about your entrepreneurial program. Yeah. So this this is fun. We started off, I mentioned, with just observing and interacting with with the podcast. But as we started to, to understand that entrepreneurs were needing a few different things, we started to be, and that we could satisfy and help close a, close a gap or, or bring people uh, bridge bridge pieces that, that people were needing. We realized that there was access to funding was a, was a huge piece, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing how to market and oh, to brand, yep. to be able to tell a brand story and narrative so that people understand it and it breaks through the noise that's currently out there with all of these other flashy things. How do we bring out our business, our initiatives, and the, the gr- greater initiative of that we're working together on, which is regenerating our people, planet, and future? We're doing that together, but the narrative is is crowded out by all this noise. So how do we do that? So that was another one. And then our our personal management, how do we manage ourselves as entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. When we go through hard things, usually it's the, and we, we build 
build businesses, building a business is a hard thing. Oh yeah. That's going to be a lot on us personally. And how do we move through that and get to the the next stage of, of the business? Because we're going to grow along with it. It's like the alchemist, right? If you've read that book before. Mm-hmm. That, One of my favorites. That, yeah. We grow and when we take on the things that are, we, when we take on our purpose and, and we build our, and grow ourselves, when we take on something to grow, we grow along with it. And so that is one of the four. So I, I mentioned funding, mm-hmm. access, try getting access to funding. I mentioned, I'm trying to go back through it and see what I missed here. Access to funding, marketing and branding, and then our personal management, how we manage ourselves, our emotions, our, our thoughts, as we're this, this regenpreneur taking on hard things. And then how do we manage our business and our teams and, and, and operations, right? So those are the four, four things that we as a business are building educational curriculum so that entrepreneurs can design their business in a way that is regenerative. And so those four, four, four things, the way that we're teaching those to greater and greater scales, first is through an online MOOC platform, which is, stands for Massive Open Online Course Platform. Mm-hmm. where we're taking educators and, and business owners, pro, pro, uh, professionals who, who want to share their knowledge on online courses. And then as they get that, that understanding with those online courses, they can start to take action on those things by either observing and interacting with other businesses. So we're, we're opening, this is a, a part of the business that we're, we're starting to, to move into, which is bioregional learning hubs. So for example, we might be moving to Panama or, or Central America to, to start one of these uh, here in the next little bit. And I'm kind of saying this uh, a little premature, but we're going to be doing, doing this regardless of building out these, these, these hubs where we go and we, we, we can have entrepreneurs come to living sites that are actually practicing uh, mm, uh, nice. regenerative businesses, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and getting involved in the local bioregional system. And so they got the, the the base knowledge from a course, online course. Now now they can go either live and be engaged in a, a regenerative business for a little bit and learn in a certain bioregion. And then we also have our incubator program. So this this expands their knowledge and application of their knowledge by actually getting started on on a business, going through a three month program. And this is something that we're we're also in in our beta testing, and we have our kind of first active co- cohort launching, but we also kind of have an ongoing alpha test. Now we're launching our beta test, I should say, of this, this incubator program where they go through a three-month program. And our main goal is to help the regenpreneur grow themselves. So they go through this three-month program. They set a goal for a three-month period. They go go out to achieve that goal and they have a support group and team to, to, to help them get it, get move forward on that goal and accomplish it. Nice. And where can they yeah, find so, out about this at? So this is on our website, seedsofdow.com. You can actually, there's a, a free community that you can join. And it just just go on and click the uh, join Pando is the name of the community. Pando ah, is the oldest that. living organism mm-hmm. on the planet. And it's a aspen tree that its roots are all connected. It's oldest and biggest living wow. organism. So, and and we're using that, that name say, to kind of share that as regenpreneurs, we are all connected in this journey to, to help us. But we're, you know, we can look like individual trees, but we're all uh, connected at the root together. Yeah. And everything that we do is it moves or stops because of uh, what we do, what we can do together. Right. And the website again is? 
Seeds of Dao. And Dao is spelt like the Dao De Ching, so it's spelled T-A-O. I know it sounds like I'm doing a D there, but it's T-A-O.com. So seedsofdao.com. Perfect. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Oh, I love that. I love that question. So I've had a lot of amazing failures. And I honestly... I love that. I'll call them, I, I'll call them failures, but I, I, I really think of them more as, as learning experiences. Yep. They really do feel like failures in the moment, right? Oh, yeah. So and some of them, it takes a while for us to get past that, that feeling right? Because it hit you hard. Oh, yeah. My biggest, I would say, is my wife and I, when we first found out about permaculture, and it, it, it's, it's got to be, I think we're coming on 10 years since that first original point. And I know I, I, I sound like a, a baby compared to your experience, Greg, because I, I know you have some, uh, several years of, of entrepreneurial uh, experience and several years of, of uh, permaculture and pr- practice as well. Uh, so our discovery of that kind of led to, it was totally book smart. We read David Holgren's book and then we started reading, uh, we started reading Mollison's book and then we started getting into, well, actually it was first we got into earthen building. So we started learning these things and we, we, we said, we're going to just go and try to apply them. So we're completely book smart. We restored this old Airstream trailer and we took our two kids at the time to travel and try to learn and then build our own off-grid homestead. So we got to Montana after traveling just just a little bit because we found out that the first big mis- uh, big mistake was is we we kind of rushed ourselves to to do this, and we found out that our airstream had some structural issues, so we couldn't do the travel as much as we want wanted to. We were going to go woof, and we were going to go do some workaways to learn some different building strategies and farming strategies, but we really only stayed in a, uh, the western area of the states and eventually ended in Montana because we found out about structural uh, structural challenges with our uh, Airstream trailer. Uh-huh. And so we planted our Airstream trailer and we just kind of park hopped for, for about a year, found a piece of land and started, and it was totally off grid. And we're going to do this, right? We, we got up on, onto the property and we were so excited, a little nervous and scared. We have two kids there. We're, we're hauling our water at this point because we don't have a well. We don't have anything. We're, we're, we're going to a, a neighbor in the valley and coming up and, and bringing, it in, bringing it into our, our wow. home, which was our Airstream at that time. And yeah, so we lived off grid for three years, but it was, and we tried doing some builds there. We tried doing a, a earth bag home uh-huh. and we got about to my chest in height for this, this dome structure that was actually into a self-facing hillside. We had, had it all designed the way we wanted it. And it was, it, and we were getting getting close to it. And the building season was so small for Earthbag because mm. if it freezes, it ruins yep. the build. And the way that we did it, we, we ruined our build because it started freezing on us. We didn't get it, get enough done. And that was another, that was a huge failure. But on our second, uh, our last winter there, it was actually our second winter on the, on the property because we did a year of just living in, in parks, right? right? So it was our second winter on the property. We, our, our, our trailer froze out and what I mean by that is our water system was completely frozen. We were below, uh, below zero degrees. And the only thing that was keeping us alive was the hot water running through our pipes uh, from, from our, our water heater. Right. Uh-huh. So that challenge was, was huge for us to try and overcome. And it's like, Oh, do we just go into town for winter and, and then come back? And we just decided, no, this is so hard. It was actually ruining our marriage. And we, we were working just on ourselves. That, that was the biggest 
biggest thing that I think we learned from it was you have to build a community around these movements. Yes. You have to do things together. Yep. You can't do things on your own. You're not, you're not an island. And so that was, that was a huge thing. We were so torn. It was just my wife and I, and, and she, we had our third while in that process. So we had a family of five and we were freezing. Right. So we moved back to Salt Lake city. We created, I had been doing some consultancy business. And so I, in marketing, and so I decided we would focus our efforts on building out a business in branding and marketing. I took on a partner and we did, did that. So my, my big failure, if I wouldn't have done that, I probably wouldn't have built my branding agency. And then I probably wouldn't have learned and grown in that way. So it's all for a cause. It's all for a reason. Isn't that amazing? So many different lessons. Yeah, Yeah. it is amazing. So what do you consider your biggest success? You know what? I my biggest success is continuing to move forward. And I would say that's anybody's success. It's it's after you go through big failure, like like I, I mentioned there, it's it's you move on to the next thing. You don't you don't give up on something just because it, you failed at it. it that's not it, it's not really a failure unless you actually give up, right? So that's right. that's my biggest success is is actually moving forward so that I can create these wonderful things that I'm presenting to, to you today, nice. uh, helping rege- regenerative entrepreneurs. Cause that's what I, I consider my biggest success in this moment is, is being able to help these entrepreneurs get through the different stages of, of their business, solve the, the problems that are coming their way as they, they start their own regenerative change. Nice. And what drives you? In most ways it's, it's my family and it's, it's seeing the next generation mm-hmm. succeed and and thrive because I really do. I, I I think about it. I and I tell Emily, my wife, about just being able to one day have a family reunion and just you know like be that old person on the hill or underneath the tree that's kind of looking at your posterity and you can just see all the wonderful things that mm-hmm. you never thought would happen when you were looking at your child or your grand grandchild when they're a baby. Like you can't even imagine the wonderful things that they can create and do and enjoy and love. And that's what drives me is to see that, to see that move forward and to see that grow. Very nicely put. Thank you for that. So my next question is a question that I want to have a conversation about rather than just hear from you on, because I've been an entrepreneur for 45 plus years. So I have some things to say about it as well. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I did already mention, I mentioned a book and it is The Alchemist. And for whatever reason, this this becomes the, the recommendation that comes up the most. The Alchemist by Abuelo Coelho has been so beneficial to me because whenever I'm tackling something that I know is just a part of my purpose, but there's there's difficulties that come with you know living your purpose. Yeah. That story just has so many great anecdotes to to that help me to to move forward and move through challenges. As long as I'm living my purpose. Yeah. As long as I'm living that. Excellent. So now I get to throw in a book. I've never done this before. Uh, <laughs> the book I'm going to throw in there is called The E-Myth by Campbell, I think is his last name. Yes, yes. And it really... By Ger- Gerbel, Gerber? Gerber. Yeah, Gerber. Thank yeah. you. Michael Gerber. There it is. And it really distinguishes... Most people, they have a task that they know. Say you're a yoga teacher or a, a food canner. And you know how to teach yoga or canned food. What you don't know is how to run a business. And in uh-huh. E-Myth, he really digs into 
that whole process of what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? Because there's so much more to it than just doing yoga or canning food. <laughs> yes. And I love how he brings out the, uh, the, you know, the types of people. And we all have a little bit of each type. In, in exactly. The, the entrepreneur, right? The manager and the technician. Technician. Yeah. 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 Good. Gosh, you're, you, I'm, I'm impressed. You know that one. So do you have another <laughs> yeah. book for me? Oh, oh, we're going to rattle these back and forth. This is cool. Oh, one that's, that's been kind of affecting me a little bit right now is the Philistine Prophecy. Oh, yes. Philistine Prophecy. That, that's an older book, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. That one's also another one that kind of helps us to look more holistically at uh, things around us, mm-hmm. challenges, and really work through them together because we are all united. Uh, and that's, that's a common theme that uh, I, I see right. brought up within our regenerative entrepreneurial uh, community conversations. Yeah. Well, and so here's a book that I discovered maybe five years ago. And this one has transformed how I run my business. It's called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Ooh. And Ooh, yes. It, it's, a, it's a book that shares about how to make sure, number one, you get paid. Uh-huh. And number two, how you can assure that you will have enough money going into the future to make sure that you do what you want to do. Yes, yes. We operate with profit first. Do you really? We do, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm glad you brought it up. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it, uh, there was a year right after I learned about profit first and started using it that I would have gone out of business if I hadn't been putting profit first in place. Oh, wow. That's a really, really cool story. Yeah, that was about four years ago. And basically what he talks about in Profit First is that you pay yourself first. Uh-huh. I mean, it's that you simple. You give yourself a profit. Yeah. yeah. You give yourself the profit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then you pay yourself, right? It's profit. You, you, you pay the company profit, right? You give the company company profit. And then you pay yourself, right? A salary or whatever that is, Yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Because so often as entrepreneurs, we forget, oh, yeah, I need to be making money on this. Mm-hmm. And that that's what it really instilled in me. And, you know, I've... In 45 years of being an entrepreneur, I've had businesses that have been pretty successful and businesses that have been miserable failures. And one of the consistencies for me for the past, well, for the past five or six years is that I've gotten paid regularly. Yes. That's yes. important. It, <laughs> it's funny that we forget to do that, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And entrepreneurs, we, we really do want to just, we're so passionate that sometimes it will we'll go without uh, yes. for a very long time. Right. And exactly. that can be... The detriment to our business as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Thank you for sharing as well. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I would say let's disrupt. Let's <laughs> disrupt the current educational model that teaches our entrepreneurs to create silver bullet solutions rather than design regenerative solutions from regenerative systems. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Joshua. Yes, yes. Thank you. And how can our listeners find you? There's a few things. I, I love le- using LinkedIn to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so come look at my profile on LinkedIn. It's probably the social channel I probably use the most. I'm also on uh, Clubhouse. So if you, if, if you know what that is, come join me on Clubhouse. Find me on Clubhouse. Joshua Paul Prieto there. Go to our website. Fill out the, the Pando Academy Commons. That's our free community. And you can chat with me. We have a Slack community there. You can DM me on Slack. Yeah, so so 
there's many ways that you can get in touch with me. And I try to, to do my best with the, to use as many communication tools that fit other people. But the ones that I'm most responsive to are, is the Slack channel on our, in our community and uh, probably through LinkedIn as well. So those two. Perfect. Perfect. And your website once again? Seedsofdow.com. So S-E-E-D-S, Seeds of, and then Dow, T-A-O.com. Awesome. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash seeds of Dow. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.